This is Sam Kreider. And this is Amy Kreider. Welcome to Continuous Dream Behind the Scenes. Today's episode, an introduction to a new audiobook we're doing. We're launching in January of 2022 called Kells, the Gospel of Columba. And this is the story of the creation of the Book of Kells. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what the Book of Kells is. The Book of Kells is an illuminated manuscript from about 800 AD. And it's called the Book of Kells because it was brought to a town now called Kells in Ireland. It was actually created on the island of Iona in western Scotland, off the coast of the island of Mull. It's a tiny island about three miles long, and there was a very important monastery on that island around 800 AD. Manuscripts in that period, very special editions of the Bible or the Gospels, were called illuminated manuscripts because they were lavishly illustrated and reminded people of stained glass windows. So they were illuminated with the colors and the vibrancy of the design. So this is a story about uh, monks in a, in a monastery on a, on a small island. What was it that would draw people to become a monk and live this life uh, in this period of time? Well, when we think of monks in a monastery, we think of them following rules and living a very constrained life. But one thing that appealed to these men and women in, in convents was a kind of freedom to give up a material life, to give up being a lord or a chieftain, to give up materialism, to give up sexuality, was actually a kind of freedom. The free, freedom from the stresses that all of that gives to one's life. So why would they take on such a huge task as creating the, the Book of Kells? What was their reasons for, for doing this? One thing, I, one thing I put into the book that's my own theory about specifically the Book of Kells was that they had just started to be attacked by Vikings. And I thought perhaps they wanted the blessing of St. Columba and to do an offering to St. Columba. The monastery on Iona was dedicated to St. Columba, and the original name of the Book of Kells was the Gospel of Columba. And... I went ahead and titled the book Kells, the Gospel of Columba, because it's so famous as the Book of Kells. But it was an offering to St. Columba, perhaps for protection from the shock of the sudden violence of these Viking raids, which came out of nowhere at this time. So how did you get the idea to write a novel about the, the creation of this book? It started when I was watching a show on PBS called In Search of Ancient Ireland about 20 years ago. And this show talked about medieval Ireland and Dark Age Ireland. And it mentioned almost in passing that the Book of Kells was being created around the same time that Vikings were starting to invade Britain and Ireland and Scotland. And... 
I thought, wow, these monks were creating this famous, beautiful manuscript, and they were being attacked by Vikings at the same time. And I thought that was very dramatic, and I wanted to write a novel uh, inspired by that story. And I imagine you had to do a lot of research for this. Yes. uh, Most of the research was condensed into a five-year period between around 2002 and 2007. I read 50 books from cover to cover. I didn't just consult 50 books. I read 50 books and consulted other books as well. I read an entire Catholic Bible from beginning to end. I visited the island of Iona twice. I took a Celtic art class. I had the Book of Kells on CD-ROM that you could page through it. I made iron gall ink in the way that it was made in the Dark Ages with some friendly people from the Society for Creative Anachronisms. I laid out the key row page, which is one of the lavish pages from the book, using a compass and a straight edge. It's interesting to note that when they laid out these geometric pages, they did not have a ruler. They did not have a ruler with markings on it. They had a straight edge and a compass. All the measurements were done with the compass and not with a ruler. And that was one of the things I experimented with to learn how that was done. So despite all that research, despite reading 50 books, were there things you now realize that you got wrong? Every once in a while while I'm reading a medieval history book, I discover something and think, oh, I, I probably got that wrong in the book. And, but one thing I think I got wrong was that I don't depict candles very much in the book. In, in ancient times, they had clay lamps, and I think I mention lamps in the book more than I mention candles, which would have been tallow candles. I did research, and I think I put this in the book, that beeswax candles give a steadier light than tallow candles. So beeswax candles were more highly valued and used uh, if they could get them than tallow candles. I think another thing I didn't really depict quite well enough was how much of their lives were lived outdoors. We live such indoor lives, and it's so automatic to depict things happening inside. But these houses in Dark Age Ireland, they wouldn't have had windows. They were dark, and they did most things outdoors. And I don't feel that I depicted enough of being outdoors in this book. Some things that might seem like I got wrong, I'd like to mention, are things I don't think are wrong. I depict the monks breaking the rules a lot. One monk has a secret wife. They have conversations when they're supposed to be silent. And I depict that because one of the things we have from that period are lists of punishments for breaking the rules. And if they were punished a lot for breaking the rules, they must have been breaking the rules a lot. So I do depict them breaking the rules of this ideal life. Another little thing is that we tend to think they were vegetarian, but the archaeological evidence would show that they did eat plenty of meat. And it only makes sense they were raising livestock. They certainly needed the skins for their vellum, for their manuscripts. 
So why waste the meat if you're raising livestock anyway? So what does this mean for people today? What do you want people to get from the story uh, today? I think just that sense that there have always been artists, there have always been people who dreamed of doing great work. And I'm hoping a modern listener can identify with that. The main character, Kanaktak, I depict him as an artist, as someone who had a dream to create something beautiful. Many of the characters who are named in this book were real people. Certainly, we don't know anything about them, their background. But there was a great scribe at that time named Kanaktak. And when I discovered that in one of the first books I read, I thought, he must be the main character. And I depict him as an artist who has a dream to create a great work of art. I don't depict Kanaktak as terribly religious. As a matter of fact, Another monk criticizes him for not talking very much about God and not being religious, because I wanted instead to emphasize his being an artist and having this dream of creating this great work of art. So the podcast uh, over the next year is going to be an audiobook performance uh, of Kells. So what form is it going to be in? What are people going to be hearing as they listen? There are three narrators to the book. So I have three actors, Jeff Breitman, Lindsay Summers, and Barrett Brucher. They will each read a part. There are four parts to the book. So in the fourth part, they will be alternating their narration as the story gets tied together. It will be broadcast about every two weeks, usually about two chapters at a time. And it's going to take most of the year to do that. We're hoping to start in mid-January, and I expect we'll be wrapping it up next fall. You've actually had a kind of busy year in your writing. The past uh, few months have had several important things happen in your writing career. Yes, this audiobook is for a book I couldn't get published, but I did just get a book published. It's a murder mystery called Disorder. It just came out in November. It won a contest a year ago, and that's how it came to be published by the University of New Orleans Press. It won their lab prize. It is a murder mystery, and it's on Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble. You can order it from your local bookstore as well. And we'll probably do another separate behind-the-scenes episode just to talk a bit about the book and let you know how it came to be written and Um, what this mystery is about, without spoilers, hopefully. (laughs) And there's also a continuous stream YouTube channel. Yes, we do have a YouTube channel with a few videos on it. We have um, our Christmas special about the movie A Christmas Carol, a couple of short videos I made, um, a performance of one of the plays that's on the podcast, Charlie Johnson Reads All of Proust, a performance by a different actor on video, and a new play called Metadata, which we just produced in September at Dreamers Yolo Studio in Chicago. The Christmas Carol essay, which we have a video of, was recently published in the Chicago Tribune over Thanksgiving weekend, and it's been syndicated and has appeared in about 20 other online newspapers. 
and it's called How a Christmas Carol Reminds Us There is Always Time to Start Over. And it offers some insights into the 1951 movie version that you might not have ever noticed when you've watched it. We're also going to set up one of those Buy Me a Coffee accounts. Um, I think it's usually just called Coffee, but K-O-F-I. And if you'd like to donate to pay the actors, I do pay all the actors who appear on this podcast. And if you would like to contribute to paying these wonderful actors, they're all professional actors, and they've all committed a great deal to this podcast. So if you'd like to help uh, pay them, uh, we'd appreciate it. So there'll be a link in the show notes and on the Continuous Stream uh, webpage. Yes. I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank our listeners and to give a shout out to some of our listeners. We don't see your names on SoundCloud. We usually see the city you're in. So thanks to a recent listener in Des Moines, Iowa, Richardson, Texas, New Orleans. We've had listeners in Colorado, in Minnesota, in Michigan, and a mysterious listener in Frankfurt, Germany, keeps listening to episode five of our miniseries, The Gift of Prophecy. I don't know why. I'm very curious about this. We do have an email address. It's continuousdream at gmail.com. So feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what you like about the show. If you'd like to let us know your names and we'll thank you over the air. Uh, We really appreciate having you as listeners and hope that you'll enjoy this audiobook venture that we're launching. Well, thanks for listening, and we really hope you'll enjoy hearing the story of Kells over the next coming year. Happy holidays, and thanks again for your support.